The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to planestalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We're proud members of the Planestalkers Podcasting Network, and we're here to do pretty bad at Pioneer, but have some fun and talk magic. How you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm doing all right. Um, This uh, past week, I had my buddy Ryan in from Seattle. He stayed with me all week. I've been mentioning it beforehand on the past couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, played a bunch of video games. We ended up The game we ended up sticking with was Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which Good. I will give a, give a brief review of that. Uh, in my opinion, the storyline's stupid uh, because it doesn't have a storyline. The storyline, the entire game, you play as a D and D character. So, is it just side quests? You, there's a main story in it, but it effectively is all told within the last cutscene. Oh. You encounter the f- main boss at the very start of the game, and you he like does the like talking over the echo net thing uh-huh. throughout the game, but you never fight him again until the last boss. Uh, and I won't say any spoilers or anything because the game's relatively new. Um, but that kind of wraps up Tina's storyline and you have no effect on the actual real world. Oh, so like Borderlands one takes place on Pandora. Yeah. Borderlands two takes place on Pandora uh-huh. and there's an overarching storyline. Borderlands, the pre-sequel is the storyline for the handsome Jack and how he became a, a good guy into a bad guy. Yeah. Or at least in his head, he became a bad guy. He's always viewed him or like, He's always viewed himself as a hero, but yeah. from the outside looking in, he went from, you know, kind of a dick to an evil mastermind kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the Tiny T- Tiny Tina's thing was, again, as we talked about, a DLC for Borderlands 2, which in that context, because it's the same thing. Uh-huh. You're playing as your character, but you're basically diving into D&D. It's called Bunkers and Badasses. But, like, it's a very short kind of thing. So you play for a couple hours, you know, it's it's a side thing. Borderlands 3 comes out again different characters uh you're on a different planet now but there's there's villains and you're facing them and they're trying to thwart your plot or yeah. you're trying to thwart their plot You're still plot. vault hunters aren't you? Yes, you're still vault hunters. Yeah. Uh this you you it the entirety of the storyline takes place on a ship. Very you're sp- on a ship playing D&D. You are a character in D&D you make your own uh-huh. which I don't like. Um you uh, just do some prefabs and you you can it has full character customization options. Uh-huh. So like you can even like the 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 width of your nose type of shit. It's like oh. Skyrim character. So like I just presets or whatever. Yep. Um, but you're not actually playing as the Siren Maya or Lilith the Siren or Roland the Soldier. You're just coming up with something. So the storyline, in my opinion, uh, it's funny at times. There's yeah. one really funny section. Again, this isn't a big spoiler. It's just a joke in the game. You're going through it and like, uh. She forgets that she's supposed to have enemies in this zone, and you go to kill them, and their names instead of the normal name is uh, mm, uh, or a, yeah, because <laughs> like, she's stuttering. Yeah. That's yeah, we, it's it's you know, I've made those NPCs before, right? But it's basically like twenty hours of Indian in jokes for D and D, which is can be fun, but there's basically no plot in my opinion because none of it is actually relevant. Yeah. So like there's there's like you in- interact with characters and you learn their backstory, but they're not real people within the Borderlands world. Mm-hmm. They're her characters that Tiny Tina has made up. So 
if that's your thing, you'd probably enjoy it. I thought the storyline was stupid and just wanted to skip every quest or, yeah. or every like cutscene and whatnot. There's a lot of just standing around listening to NPCs talk. Mm, yeah, that's, which I don't like. That's very Borderlands. The gameplay is still very fun. Uh, it's still Borderlands, and it does it really well. They turn grenades into spells, mm -hmm. and they gave them some really cool effects. So that's really fun. Uh, Ryan played the spell shot, who is basically a grenadier, and you you can you can replace your action skill with a second spell, and then he's got a move that like whenever he like reloads or something, uh, it gives his chance a chance for his spells to refresh their cooldown. So he's oh. just dropping spells everywhere, basically cool little grenades yeah um i played the effectively a rogue it's called the like stabomancer it was fine um they give you the like we discussed i had actually like figured it out so you can your crit chance is your chance to crit on any shot other than the head the head's yeah. still guaranteed crit um it's okay melee is actually a thing uh there was Ooh. a lot of times where i was one of the downsides of the game they add like a bunch there's like seven or eight non-weapon gear slots and what that means is you get weapons far less than you yeah. normally would so there was a lot of instances where like i would end up meleeing because not because i was in a melee build but because i'd gotten a melee sword more recently and yeah. all my guns sucked yeah because so, you have the drop you have to have five times as much gear drop right just, just to keep get up to date yeah so that was kind of annoying again the game plays great i would highly recommend anybody play it i would probably i having played it now i'd probably say it's about a 30 dollar game um the end game is cool they put in like a random you do so they added a world map uh-huh and in that world map you can get into encounters where it's just basically like there's like probably somewhere between five and ten maps and it spawns enemies that's just what the encounters are well the end game from what i can tell we did a couple of these runs <clears throat> they use that system and then you you get these like diamonds that you can spend uh you can spend on gear at the end yeah. And then what you do is when you complete one of the encounters, you can you go to a next the next floor basically, and you can make it more difficult to get more diamonds. I like that. And it buffs them. And then like you can also spend your diamonds to buy buffs within the map. So you can be yeah. like, oh, I want twenty five percent more health. And they do weird stuff too. So like one of them was just like, uh, you don't get fight for your life anymore. Oh. So when you're dead, you're, you're just dead. You you're just dead. And then what you have is a, a life counter that. So like I don't know what the number is, but say five. You each each person like as a group, Ryan and I would get five deaths. Oh, yeah. yeah like, and so yeah. once we've died five times, we're done with this run. Yeah. But since we didn't have fight for your life, when we would go down, we're just down. Uh huh. And that one was brutal because Borderlands is particularly known for very burst based damage. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh uh, well, well you know, especially in the end game or new game plus. Yeah, you just, just like, boom dead. Yeah, you're just done. That's and why they, fight for your life is so important. Yeah. Because you have like it's it's kind of a mechanic of the game where. It's okay if I go down. I just, <laughs> I just need to kill somebody well, in the next ten. As seconds. long as I keep someone next to me that has low health, which yeah. is a strategy. Uh -huh. and, and end game bar Borderlands is you keep this dipshit yeah, at you like get him two to hits, 10 and then you kill everyone else. And then if you go down, I can just turn to him, bang, 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 back up. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Like the end game, we didn't play it much. Um, one of the other things I don't really like is each character only has one tree. Yeah, that sucks. And then you can uh, you can dual spec or dual uh, multi class is what it's called in D anD D. So when you hit whatever level it is, it's not super high. You get to pick a second class. Mm -hmm. um, you do get to pick out of all of their action feats or action abilities, uh, and then you do get their feat as a full time thing because each one has a passive. Each class has a passive feat. So like Stabomancers is it has just a native chance to crit. 
stuff like that. Yeah. So you get the full bonus of each class, but in my opinion, that leads to far fewer builds, uh, far fewer fewer real builds. Yeah. Because like each class used to have three, and there would be like six classes, and now we only have six classes. Yep. Total. There's, there's effective. There's six trees total. We yeah. went from six. Uh, we went from eighteen trees to six trees. Uh-huh. And yeah, you can't mix a soldier and a siren's tree, but you could mix and match all the trees Inside within a class. Of a soldier. So. I personally didn't really like that aspect, um, but so we beat it. We started over because we just wanted to try out some more classes. Uh-huh. I started with a Spore Warden on the second one, and he started with the uh, Grave something or other, basically a Necromancer Yeah. Um, that uses, like, it basically damages itself to increase its damage. Uh, I get this little mushroom dude who would follow me around and poorly aggro enemies. Uh but That's my a- my class wasn't anything based on melee, so I had a better time there. Yeah. Uh, the problem with melee, in my opinion, isn't the melee abilities themselves, but and you can adjust this, but they've crammed a bunch of stuff onto your controller. Like, if you're going to have actual melee be a thing in Borderlands, it needs to get a trigger button, not just pressing down R3. Because yeah. that gets really awkward at times because that's your aim button as well. And those buttons are designed to be pressed, but they're not really designed to be pressed all the time. Not like a trigger. Yeah. So, like, you need to adjust the controls there. They yeah. also took away the ability to hot swap your weapons with the D-pad. Ooh. So you had to hit triangle to, like, cycle through that them. That is terrible. It's, a, that's, it's bad. And that... what, here's what they added. So left and right toggle your quests. It cycles through your quests, your active quests. Oh, who fucking cares? Uh, places a waypoint. And then down swaps between the uh, there's uh, some guns have like two modes of shooting like burst fire automatic. So you put burst you put the toggle on triangle, which is what the weapon swap is, and give me back the D pad. Yeah, because like what's the point of having four guns if I have to wheel around? Yeah, and you can double tap triangle, and I think it starts the wheel over again. But it's still obnoxious. It's way worse than snipers up top, shotguns down, uh, AM or SMG to the right. Rifle yeah. to the left. And what I did, so like in Borderlands 2, that's when I, uh, not necessarily, one and two are the ones I've played the most, but like I play the Siren in both. So like in Borderlands 2, it was a heavily, like they really pushed the elemental stuff. So it'd be fire on the left. Yeah. Right, right was corrosive, down was electric, and then like up was normal. Yeah. Or uh, what's the uh, explosive? The, what's the purple crap? Slag. Slag, yeah. Yeah. So like that's kind of the what so it's just and I because in that I played a siren and I just use plasma casters as my weapons yeah so I'd have the same gun with just different elements so it's just like oh look he's weak to corrosive hit right kill him yeah. he's weak to fl- fire hit left kill him that kind of thing can't mm-hmm. do that so like it made like there was then on top of that <laughs> this is gonna be a Borderlands two review <laughs> I thought I was gonna keep this quick but there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of little things yeah that all kind of add up. It's still fundamentally a Borderlands game, so it is still really fun to play. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a lot of little shit. The menus just are horrible. That sucks. Like they're they're glitchy. So like you'll be oh, yeah. like you'll be like trying to go through your weapon slots, and you'll go one, two, three, four, and you want to toggle down to like where the rest of your gear is at. Instead of just going to the one that's this the highest on the list, it just skips around. So every time you go one, two, three, four, you're in, then your fifth button press puts you in a random spot in your gear. Uh, if you go to look at a piece of gear before you sell it, you then have to switch back to the buy menu and back to the sell menu in order to sell things. Uh, we had the game crash like four or five times because of menus. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's been out for what six months, something it like came that. Came out like right around the time Elden Ring did. Right. So like, 
there's it's old. No, ex- yeah, it's not like old. Oh, sorry, old. it's not old, old, but it's yeah. not a new release anymore. It's not. It's not like we're playing a day one patch where it's just a little glitchy. Like they yeah. have plenty of time to fix these issues. And on top of that, Borderlands Three had many of the same menu issues, and there was a ton of complaints about co-op menus where they were super laggy and stuff like that. And they haven't fixed any of those from mm-hmm. the previous game. So again, it's still a Borderlands title, which means it's better than most games. So, like, on average, it's still a very good game, but there's going to be a lot of, like, little nitpicky shit that just kind of, like, can take you out of the experience to some degree, but it is still fun to play. And that's mm-hmm. what I that's what I keep having to come back to. It is the Borderlands series games. They're very fun to play, especially if you never touch the end game. The end game to me is where the games kind of suffer a little bit because I don't like the way they use. There's an, uh, a thing called health gating, which is what they use to prevent you from being one shotted. But health gating doesn't really work if there's more than one enemy. <laughs> so, like, because what it is, you can't if a if a um, if a single attack would like basically one shot you. I forget exactly what the percentage of your health is. It reduces you to like five or ten percent health instead. So you have to get hit twice. You have to get hit twice. Well, in this, one of the other things they do is like enemies are spawning everywhere. As opposed, to, the game's not very linear. Like it oh, is, gotcha. but it isn't. It's more arena based. Kind of. So like. You're in this kind of arena, especially in these encounters. Well, they're spawning everywhere. So you can't just work your way down a path and have a place to retreat to. Yep. So, like, if you get some big attack that hits you, you're almost always being shot from someone. Yeah. So, like, it it effectively feels like you're being one-shotted, even though you're technically not. Where it's like, yeah, maybe got hit twice or, like, the first hit didn't kill me, but I'm also on fire. And then the fire just kills me. Mm-hmm. So like you just go down a lot, and again because of the loot problem, you don't, you rarely have what I would call good gear. We got probably six or seven legendaries to drop throughout a playthrough, which isn't that much considering. Uh, one of the cool things they do is you can play in cooperative mode. You can play in cooperative co-op or competitive mm-hmm. co-op. So loot share versus loot e- shared versus each loot pool. Yeah, and then you can still trade loot. So we were getting double drops and still got probably five or six legendaries, and I think one of them was a duplicate. Ugh. So like. And we got like one that was for our actual class, um, and it was melee weapon. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so like, again, not a. It's probably so. I, I one's my favorite by far. Mm-hmm. I probably enjoyed playing three more than two because two's end game, in my opinion, was bad, and. Uh, the gameplay itself in three is very good. They add like the slide and the gunplay feels a lot better. Like movement feels a lot better than in my opinion, Borderlands two, then the pre-sequel, then this, this is by far in, in my opinion, the worst. Mm-hmm. I would gotcha. rather play the pre-sequel again in general is uh, there's some mechanics in the pre-sequel. I didn't like, like, I don't really like the oxygen tank I thing, hated that. but I did like how you could like, almost kind of fly around like yeah. i loved the freedom of movement yeah. it gave you had like you're on like moon gravity or whatever so you yeah could, that like, was boing. really cool um but having to like oh no i'm almost out of oxygen i hate yeah. that yeah that was obnoxious so and the pre-sequels end game wasn't balanced very well either so yeah i played borderlands uh then we all got together up this is going to be i had a very busy weekend mm-hmm. so and we've got not very much to talk about with legacy so i'm That's stealing fair. some legacy's content uh so a couple years ago, I got all my friends together from high school. I've mentioned them before. It was me, uh, Derek, Brian, Ryan, Joe, and Mike. Mm-hmm. That was kind of our group, our play group back in high school. Uh, we've been hanging. We've been friends since elementary school, basically. Uh, we started playing Magic together in middle school. 
So uh, two years, two almost three years ago at this point, we got together uh, this Friday, the previous Friday, um, we got together again. Yeah. So we played a bunch of EDH. I had built um, Mike's primary, like his kind of deck was a stasis deck back in the day. So I've this is that's the Mike when I always tell you, I'm like, I've been playing stasis, yep. since, playing against stacks since middle school. That's him. <laughs> so like I built him in, uh, an EDH stacks list. Uh, Brian really liked like enchantment based stuff. So the first time I built him a deck, it was Enchantress. And I kept that together for him. Nice. And then uh, he also used to play like Sly decks or like Red Deck Wind decks. So yep. I built him uh, Krenko for Goblins. So he got his Goblins on a couple times. And that deck is, it can whiff if like you're not careful. And it's not the most, I wouldn't say it's the most consistent deck. And it's definitely not the most powerful given that it's mono red and EDH. Mm -hmm. But holy crap, that deck can go off like nobody's business every now and then. <laughs> so it'd be like one game he's just like, I have 160 tokens. <laughs> <laughs> because he was basically he was using Krenko three times a turn. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, so like he started with four, and by the end of the next turn, he had like 160. There is a principle in math called exponential growth, yep, and that's that's it. So, um, fortunately for us, I don't think he actually won that game. Someone uh, had ensnaring bridge. The snack, the stacks guy had ghostly prison. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> and again, he's playing red, so he has no way no to way. deal with enchantments other than chaos warp. So he can't kill anybody until that's removed. Yeah, well, yeah, basically. And then I forget exactly what happened. Basically, what he he had some outs. Uh, there's Perforos. There's some like witty devil thing that basically you want uh, abilities that whenever a creature ETBs, everyone takes a damage. Yep. There's like three of them in the deck. He just needed to draw into them. Um, so he he got a lot of the tokens, but he didn't get a ton of the payoff in that deck. Yeah. So Still, without the ghostly prison, he would have just overran all of us. Yep. Um, but he can't kill us because we're the only ones who can kill the ghostly, ghostly yeah, prison. <laughs> he's in a real fucked up spot. So yeah, he could kill all of us and then he could sit and stare at the stasis deck for an hour <laughs> yeah. until, you know, he doesn't get to untap anymore. So we had that and then we played some board games that night. Uh, so yeah, that's, like I said, I had a big week. I was off two weeks and then I started my new job. I'm not going to say where, but I work for an HVAC company now. Um, You're a delivery driver. Basically. Yeah. You so, deliver when the when the person gets to your house and is like, ah, oh, fuck, I need a three eighths fitting and whatever thread. Yep. They call Matt and they go, Matt, go get this out of the warehouse and bring it to me. Yep, pretty much. So 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 you went from delivering 130 stops a day to like five, five or ten. <laughs> yeah. So and you still can't get your fucking truck loaded right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't have anything bad to say. Obviously, I I don't want to. A, I don't want to shit talk a company I work for on air anyways. Yep. But B. Uh, this company seems great, and I haven't had any negative experience at all. And I'm I've been there two days, yeah. But like I haven't had any negative experience at all. So seems like it should be a good fit for me. The job seems real easy. Um, I'm vastly overqualified for it, which to be fair was the goal. Yeah, I wanted to get a job that just didn't stress me out and make me insane. And I think I might have found it. So I'm very happy about that. So yeah, over the past couple of weeks, I've been very busy, while also not being actually very busy. Yeah, I had a lot of stuff going on, but. Yeah, how about you, Jake? This, is, this has been the Matt Podcast. Yep, you are allowed uh, to talk now. Oh, I can have a... Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. That's, no, yeah, go no, ahead. That's fine. Go ahead, proceed. So I realized last week, didn't, we didn't talk about what we were recording. We've joked about my birthday coming up. Our episode went up on my birthday. Yeah, I saw that. that I totally good. just, I forgot. You get you get older, your birthday kind of slips your mind a little bit. And I realized on Thursday as our episode went up was my birthday. So that was, I actually started putting things up. Be like, hey, the podcast turns one and the host turns 28. It was a really cool little coincidence but it was cool to celebrate our one year um 
the uh, Pioneer Night went pretty well. Uh, Matt unfortunately couldn't make it. He had some orientation stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, I was down. <laughs> had a nice one-two. But, hey, uh, there you go. Yeah. I made some changes to that Esper deck. I got curve stomped in game one. Uh, a new guy named Christos came in and just had a, a mono black mid range. Just can't stumble. And I stumbled two out of the three games and just got just and got get you with some thought seizes and duresses yes. or some crap. Game, uh, game one wasn't too bad, but it was. I had mana problems. That the deck just has mana problems. Like game one, I didn't find my second white until turn seven. Mm-hmm. Like I kept a three land hand with Doomscar. On turn two, I foretold it, and then didn't find a second white until like turn seven. In Christos defense, he played very well around it. He it was very face up play. He did a very good job of like not overcommitting, not overcommitting. Even if I had found it, I probably I probably would have bought a few more turns, but didn't matter. Uh, game two, I completely just ran him over with um, a monster I mentor, and even though I had like, I had a lot of bad draws, like I flooded out. I had like ten lands on the board by the time the game ended, but I just had hey, the right your double white. Yeah, I got my double white. Uh, I just had the removal when I needed it. I ended up, it was a good game. It was a very, very close game. I I, um, I won because I had the Hall of the Storm Giants, and I was just beaten to death with that and some tokens. Yeah. And it was really cool. He had a really good play lined up. He only had four lands the whole game. And so, like, I he's got Rankle beating me down. I'm at three life, and he's got a Rankle, which is a 3-3 three, three flyer. Mm-hmm. And I've got a Mentor, a token, and um, he's at, like, let's say, I think he's at six life. And I've got... My hall. That's so why yeah. I tap out, I attack, and he goes to swift end my hall of the storm giants, which would effectively put him to one life with all the damage. Really good play, except Hall of the Storm Giants has Ward Three. <laughs> so I just yeah. that kind of fell through for him and that didn't work out. And he he lost. And then game three, I uh, kept a three land hand with a memory deluge, and then on turn six died with three lands out. Cool. Like game one, I just never drew colors. And then game two or game three, I just never drew lands, period. Uh, I won game two pretty easily. Uh, I was playing against Ethan, and he has that. He has a really cool like cat tribal deck, which is fun. I was joking with like cat tribal. Like he's actually made a lot of changes. He's upgrading it every week, and he's it's getting better and better. Um, but I just I shouldn't say I, I got I kind of got lucky where it's like game one I just got two mentors out. His deck isn't very heavy on removal. Yeah, we basically kind of both built boards. And if you let mentor do its thing, it's very yeah. hard to. I mean, like it goes wide and tall. Yeah. Well, we were bi- we were we were basically building boards against each other, and you're not going to beat two mentors. No. And so like after like literally two removal spells, I've got like seven tokens. Yeah. When every eliminate is a three for one. Yeah. You're gonna have a hard time and just get brought it home there and yeah. then. And then on uh, game two, he just he flooded out really bad. Just like, you know, got like he he had a very good start where he got me to like seven life pretty quick. But then once I kind of caught up, he just like six lands in a row, which gave me the time I needed to get back in the game and yeah. basically bring it home. And then game three, I got to play with Eli. Eli is the guy who also plays control, who's been working yep. with me on that deck. He was playing blue white control. I was playing Esper control. <laughs> so he took our conversation to art. Yep. Well, he said he he just didn't feel like putting together Esper yet, so he just brought his blue-white control. And yeah. as I figured, and I was correct, blue-white control is much better than Esper control. And it's probably also better in that matchup. Way better. Because you have a bunch of creature removal think, in there, and it's probably almost all dead. I think Esper control has better matchups in the field. I think it's better against creature decks in blue-white control. I'm a lot more removal-heavy. I'm a lot more commit to the board and like get them dead. But in the control mirror, that is a much better control yeah. deck. Uh, game one, I just stomped him. He had a mold of five. And then it was a bad five. Yeah, I just I stuck an emperor, got to beat him down, and just cr- just crushed him. Game two was f- hilarious. I caught him on like turn four or five. It was a classic like land go. We get to five six lands. Um, yeah, because neither one of you wants to play no, anything. No one goes as first. Soon as, as soon as somebody plays something, yep. you 
So yeah, I you caught him. the missile war. Uh, he plays a castle Vantress. Yep. And at the end of his turn, taps out, or in my turn, taps out to scry. I let him scry, slam an emperor. Yep. And he looks at it and goes, fuck. Yep. That was a misplay. And I proceeded to beat him down with the emperor very conservatively, beat him down to like eight yeah, lives. Just do everything you can to keep wandering yeah. emperor alive. So and here's what happened. Win the game. Uh, I did have a hand. I had like Dovin's Veto and two absorbs and. Um, I drew discard six turns in a row with four lands in play. I just, just I had four lands in play the entire game. Well, you got lucky yeah. there. He got lucky there. Yeah. So that's fine. And so he he clawed his way back in. He found a uh, he found a supreme verdict. Got his way back in the game. He got a he he slammed a whole breacher horror or whole breaker horror whole whole breacher horror whatever it is. Yeah. The new kraken that's uncounterable. Whenever you cast a spell, yeah. you can either bounce a permanent or bounce a spell back to someone's hand. Yeah. Uh, which I re- I learned is completely unbeatable with my deck. Lost that game, and then game two, game three went to time, and like on turn two, he slammed horror, and I was like, yeah, I'm not. You can beat me to death in two turns with that, and mm-hmm. I, I conceded and gave it to him. So we had a lot of fun. I had a ton of fun. I had ter- terrible. I had a lot of did, had a lot of fun uh, playing. You said you had eleven people show up. We had eleven people. We had a we had a pretty pretty big day. It's getting bigger and bigger. Um. Anyway, a lot of new faces again. Lots of new new faces. Well, so we're getting to the point where like students are coming back. Yep. So I'm, I'm very hopeful we can get a 1K to fire at some point. I'm re- probably need about 40 or so people. For and that. I think we've got, I think we've seen between 20 and 30 unique faces there, and we'll get, also get a lot of people from. There's another card shop in town that's much more uh, much more competitive, and we'll probably get a chunk of them to come over because they do Pioneer on Sundays. We can probably get a bunch of them to come over for a 1K. So. I'm excited about that that prospect. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about because we were talking about video games, uh, I never, I never knew what Diablo was. You always talk about it a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. So I watched a streamer. It was an old stream back when the game came out. But have you ever seen Minecraft Dungeons? Yeah, it looks like Diablo. Is that what Diablo is? Yep, that game looks fun as fuck. Diablo's. That's what I keep telling everybody. I'm not saying Diablo isn't fun. I never, yeah. I didn't even know what Diablo was. I couldn't envision what Diablo was. I watched this guy with a bunch of his friends play that game, and that game looked really fun. Yeah. So we should play Diablo together. I I'd, I'd be like happy that. to. You should bring your computer over sometime, and yeah. we can. I was thinking about that. Maybe this, maybe one of these weekends, I can come over now that you don't work weekends, and we can have a little game session, and I'll play some Tiny Tina's, and you'll play some, maybe play some uh, whatever it's called. What did I just say it was? Or uh, Diablo. Diablo. Play some Diablo. Well, do you have it on your PC? No. You should get it, and then we'll, you can just play it on my TV. We can we can land it. It's a multiplayer game. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. That's what you said. Bring your computer over. Yeah, yeah. I bring my computer over. I'll buy it, and then we can yeah. we can play in the same Sorry. room. I got a text message and it distracted me from what you were saying. That's fair. So, in fairness, when you're doing all your talking, I'm on my phone. I'm not paying attention. I I normally actually am paying attention. I'm just waiting for my chance to talk. Is all I'm doing. I very rarely get text messages anymore. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so I was like, "What is this?" All so. right. That that's basically all to me. I had my birthday recently, which is really cool. Uh, got to have a fun day at Pioneer. I got some fun games. I've gotten to. I'm looking at playing, but nothing nothing crazy like Matt. I'm still still working the same old job, trying to get through back to school. We got a uh, worst time of the year right now, so we're kind of struggling by. And it hasn't even gotten to its worst part no, it of the worst yet. time of the year. Nope, because so. all the students come back. Like school starts on Monday. Yeah, the, the the later half of this week is where it's going to be. It's yeah. going to get worse and worse, but we'll be we'll survive. Uh, before we get started this week, I do want to give a shout out like every week to our patrons. Uh, their support is invaluable every week in helping us put this show on, and it really really helps. So shout out to Empra who takes care of getting our stuff on Reddit. That mean that means a lot. Helps get the word out there. We got Ramblin' Rogue, Derek Ashley, Derek and Ashley with the Family Gathering Podcast. We love them. They're our pod cousin, and uh, we've been on their show. They've been on our show. Tons of fun. Love their kids too. Uh, Everybody um, missed you. Like, oh, Ashley's, yeah? like, 
uh, well, Brian and Mike have never met you, yeah. so obviously they didn't miss you. Um, obviously Ryan, you've yep. met and we hung out with, but uh, and Derek knew you weren't coming, but Ashley actually. Sh- out of the blue, was like, is Brian, is Jake gonna make it? I was like, no, he's got to work. He's yeah. like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, I, I do. I was bummed I didn't get to see him. But I had to work that day, yeah. unfortunately. Um, anyway, we also have Eric, Mono Wolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Jameson, and oh, that's a that's a that's a scribble. I was like, what name is that? I don't remember putting that name down. <laughs> James Jame- Scribble, thank you. <laughs> Jameson is our most recent patron, yep. so thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Um, for everyone that isn't a patron, which is the vast majority of you, and that's totally fine. I get it. Uh, it would mean a lot to Matt and I. Uh, you are essentially our broadcasters. Like, we are not big enough to be on the Apple algorithm yet. Like, nobody gets recommended us when they're searching for a podcast yet. We're, we're still relatively small. But if you like our content, it would mean a lot to us if you could um, just tell someone about it. Like, the big thing I was thinking, if we could get some ratings. Yeah, that helps a if lot. If you could go to either Spotify or you Apple Podcasts, on. wherever you listen, just give us a rating. And I'm not even going to ask you for a five-star rating. Yeah. At, That'd be great if you feel that way. Give get, us an honest r- rating. Yeah. Getting ratings is what helps. I mean, that, that's all this. That's all YouTube is. That's all Spotify is. It's just what that gets recommended, and it gets recommended off ratings. Um, but yeah, if you guys could just tell one person you know about that you like the podcast and have them try it out, it'd mean a lot to us. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, also, want to give a shout out to the Plain Soccer's podcast. We'll do this quickly. Will and Aramis. Uh, unfortunately, it's too late to sign up for their Winna Box this time, but uh, check out their Monday podcast, twitch.tv forward slash Plain Soccer's podcast for all of your standard and a lot of commander information. That's a lot of fun. They do a really good show. Check them out Wednesday at that same Twitch for their Commander Craft live play. And if you want to join the Discord, discord.plainsoccerspodcast, you can actually play Commander with them. It's a thriving community that encompasses pretty much every single format. Matt and I are there a lot. We have our own channel. We chit chat with people. It's a great group of people that I recommend. Everyone check it out. And if you're in there, it's a lot easier to catch those win-a-box tournaments where hop on Arena, uh, you have like a 1 in 20 chance of winning a free box mail deal. So it's going to be the new Dominaria set. It's I usually say, draft. Yeah, that's... Pretty much every single standard set, They have uh, their sponsor gives them a box that they get to essentially mail out to their winner, which is really cool. Yeah. Um... I don't think I'm forgetting anything. So, Matt, how is Legacy looking? Uh, that depends uh, on what your favorite or least favorite deck is. <laughs> so, if you love Blue Red Delver, you are in luck this Sunday. If you don't, you're in luck this Saturday. Oh, okay. So, that's one of the things I do want to bring up. We always do the Sunday one. We always like apples to apples comparisons. The Sunday one is bad as far as Telfer goes. Yeah. If you go back to Saturday, which we've mentioned multiple times, is not usually less. Taping, com- it's less competitive. There's just fewer people there. There's only three in the top 32 on Saturday. That's uh, huge. Yes. So uh, my two elves, all three of my elves guys top eighted this weekend. Uh, we got Aaron uh, Relentless got second, Testacular on and got fourth on Saturday. Those two yeah. guys, and then Julian got third on Sunday. So was- elves did very good. Uh, Blue Red Delver did better. Yeah. Um, 30, 11 of the top 32, 34.38% are Blue Red Delver. Did approximately 28% better than Elves. And and there is, I'm sure pe- I'm sure it drives people crazy that we call Blue Red Shredder, Blue Red Delver. I I quite frankly, that's, that's a yeah, distinction we, without a difference in my opinion. We don't. Even when, because uh, there was a lot, there was a big deal when Ragavan was legal. Like Delver got dropped for Ragavan DRC a lot. And yeah. we, they're... Almost the same deck. I do not feel I'm not going to be distinguishing between those. No, I'm not either. MTG Goldfish also doesn't. Yeah. And like I said, that's just something that's a. I understand they play slightly differently. 95% of the deck is the same. So, 
Whatever. Just so you know, I did think of a cool third topic. So let's run through these quickly. Okay. The episodes well, that won't take long. <laughs> yeah, going forward these next few weeks, like I said, with Matt working later now, with me getting my butt kicked to work, the episodes will probably be on average a little bit shorter. So we're gonna try and around rush around an hour rather than two hours. We're gonna try and rush through this a little faster. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. we did half an hour on bullshit. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, I did have a great time, and I want to. If Ryan is listening, I did had a have a great time playing it with him. So it was a fun game. I had it fun hanging just, out with Ryan. Like I didn't yeah. even like Ryan that much. I had a great time. <laughs> No, it was tons of fun. I got to spend a day or two with them. Uh, Derek was up here. We all got to hang out for a day or two. Yep. We played with some Commander. We played some 60 card. We played... Uh, Holy crap, did we? The, me, you, and Derek have a shitty game of Commander? <laughs> yeah, that was... We play... We all play, three of us just drew dead for like 10 yeah. turns in a row. <laughs> we we play like bad CDH decks. We're like... They're yeah. definitely... They're, they're pub stomp decks. They're way better than the vast majority of decks you're going to find. They're that, but they're also not ten TD, CDH yeah. decks, and yeah, we all just fucking our decks like did their thing, except they drew dead ten turns in a row. Yeah, so like I I won the game by attacking for five. The whole like almost yeah. every turn I'd be like hit you for three, hit you for three, hit you for three. That's exactly why and the then game ended. The game ended with me attacking Jake for like five three turns in a row. Yep. That's that's how I won. That's how it, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It we, was like it was a game. CDH game where nobody tried to win for like thirteen yeah. turns. It was so dumb. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's wrap this up. I'm about to wrap this up. Yep. Let's get started. So uh, again, I don't want to really delve into these lists unless we, do we give, see something exciting. Do give him some credit. Yep. But we've got Juju Bean, uh, 2004, brought it home with Blue Red Delver. Uh, we will go through the top list just to make sure there's nothing super exciting there, but it doesn't look like it. No, I, look, I mean, even the one Brazen Borrower. Yep. We're, this is Stock Delver, Pyroblast in the main, Mishra's Bo- Bobbles, even the sideboard looks... Again, these sideboard cards kind of swap back and forth, but you're pulling from the same pool of like 15 or 20 cards. Yeah. So like, the there's nothing new in the sideboard either. Um, in the festivities, I haven't seen in a while, but it's not new. It was common for a while. Yeah. yeah. So again, nothing surprising there. Um. Second place, this is Blue Red Shredder. Yep. It's there's uh there's a push on Reddit to make that distinction, so I'm going to try. That I mean it's just an it's what you call it. Sure. Sure. Another deck name. Um doesn't seem like there's anything interesting in this either. Anything I don't want to say interesting, because there's plenty interesting about these decks. It's just we've covered it. It's the uh, same. It's yeah. it's pretty much the same deck. We've got to covered this deck every week for the past fifty three weeks. Yeah. So uh third place, like I said, Julian brought it home. It is funny. So I I I keep talking about Twitter a little a little closer. Julian made a joke, and he's very right to make the joke where he doesn't play a challenge for like six seven months, and then the first one he plays, he comes in third fucking place. Yep. Like man, that guy's good at magic. There's, he, he is good at elves. Yeah, I mean, they're basically him, Testacular, and Aaron Relentless are all fantastic elves players. Yeah. Um, and they're they're also very like Aaron and uh testacular are very consistent like they're they enter almost every weekend we've seen it before where yeah. aaron has top eighted saturday and sunday yeah, we say their names most of the, yes. every month we say what their names yeah and every now and then you'll see other elves players peek through but it's mostly those three guys yep. so if you are interested in playing legacy elves check out i would check out julian first he just has a ton of content yeah and i'm not trying to leave the other two guys aside but julian is a very prolific uh podcaster himself like he yep. knows every, the in and outs of legacy and he's a great resource if you're going to learn legacy in general or elves specifically yep always give him a shout out we just haven't mentioned him in a while because as he said himself he hasn't played in a challenge in uh-huh. six months uh this list doesn't the only thing super new here is uh he has adopted the shriek malls in the side 
So we've got one Caracas, four Thoughtseize, four Endurance, two Force of Vigor, two Mind Break Trap, and two Shriek Maul on the side. Mm-hmm. So the one flex slot in the deck, we've got Collector Roof over yep. a Scavenging Ooze. Yeah, and we've got, he does have the Progenitus in the main. So I that's see that cool. too. Yeah. Some some small changes here, but yeah. this is also one of those it's like. Just tweaks to nothing, try to get the metagame. Nothing we haven't seen in an elf list. Yeah. So it is uh, important to note it is a Heritage Druid Elves. That's not, true. Not Reclaimer Elves. Oh, actually, it's both. I'm sorry. It's Reclaimer said, Elves. So you said it backwards. I was thinking Nettle Sentinel. It's Reclaimer Elves, not, not Nettle Sentinel. Not Nettle Sentinel. It elves. does, in fact, have Heritage Druid. It does, because you'd be. I would love to very, see an elf deck. That'd be a bad decision. To, well, you just lose all of your explosiveness. Just I mean. Cut. Cut the hair. That, that's where that's what's pulling you down is those heritage druids, man. Yeah. Occasionally, like in the right circumstances, I could see having four Birchlow Rangers and cutting on heritage druids if the color fixing was more important than yeah. the explosiveness. But it had to be a really weird. I don't build. know, Matt. You're not even netting Matt. You're, you're you're paying a mana for each creature, and then you're tapping them for more mana. You're not netting mana. Yeah, but you're fixing colors. <laughs> that's true. And with Nettle Sentinel, you're still if you're running Nettle Sentinel, you are still netting mana. Oh, really? <laughs> Thank, yeah. thank you for correcting me. Yeah. So. Well, there's some people who don't know. Oh, I thought I was being obvious. You can't detect sarcasm all the time, Jake. <laughs> Where's your slash Oh, my S? God. <laughs> it was so uh, a small tangent. We, I was at the card shop last night. I stayed super late. And I was saying something to the owner, uh, Mike. He's basically runs it. It's, and I said something. I said, hey, can I borrow a sleeve? And he he's... He's the king of smart-ass remarks. Like, you walk in and say something like, you know, like, oh, man, I'm tired. And he'd be like, hi, tired, I'm dead. Just, he just, even dumb ones. Yep. Love the guy to tears. And so he says something, and the guy he's play, that he plays a lot of board games with was like, he, like, said it, corrected him or whatever. And he kind of, like, get, he was obviously tired, and it's been a long day, but he's like, no, what I meant was, and I was like, Mike, you got to stop right there. You cannot get mad at us for not knowing when you're fucking with us. Yep. That's all you ever do. <laughs> and he thought for a second, and he was like, that's yeah, I do. That's all. <laughs> Occasionally, I do. Someone's yes. going to take me seriously or not take me seriously. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, he was actually being serious, and we were like, "Whatever, Mike." And he's like, "Oh, I'm, I mean it." And we were like, "Well, we don't know." Yeah. So yeah, that's the same thing. Where it's like sometimes I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah. Anywho, back to the top eight. Uh, Blue Red Delver in fourth. The big innovation here is counterbalance in the main. Whoop, yeah, which we've also seen. Yep. Uh, in fifth place, we've got Jess Guy Stoneblade. No, we don't. What do you mean? Oh my God! It's not Sephlet Breakfast. I, I just, yeah, I just it's walked. Normally called Esper. I just walked out on a limb, <laughs> and it was like, nah, this has got. It. Yep. I mean, Stoneblade in general has just been has just been Sephlet Breakfast for a while. Yeah. So this is. I stand corrected. I'm I wrong. mean, this is rocking True Name Nemesis. Yes. Like it's got True Names. It's got Stoneforge Mystics. We've got Gta and Culture Complete. Like this is Jess Sky Stoneblade Legit. with Tides. Yeah. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> does have islands. It does have islands. I guess. <laughs> Like, uh, but yeah, I was that is is absolutely a Stoneblade list. Yep, hundred percent. Which is probably bad. I don't top eight or challenge. It did, and that's awesome. It's probably slightly better against like Delver. Maybe I I think Stoneblade just I think Stoneblade just been incredibly crept out of of Legacy. It's just it's slow and it doesn't do enough. What what Stoneblade is good at is stranding expensive equipment in your hand. Well, that's um, why they only have two. That's like, true. That's a good point. That's a very is, good point. Uh, this to me looks. This is it's hard to call this Stoneblade. It technically is. This to me looks like the Jeskai Delver decks that we had before mm. Ragavan got banned, and they just swapped out Ragavan for Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. Put some Stone Blades and take maybe take some Murktides out for some true names. Yeah, because so, so you better have somebody to carry the equipment. The true name, yeah, is is probably decent against Delver. I mean, it's one of those things like oh. Delver has nothing to do with you can't do anything with it against it. The problem with true name, and I heard I can't remember what podcast was talking about this, but 
well on the stack it still gets blown out by pyroblast it does it does and that's yeah. a problem but like even on the board true name isn't the house against delver it used to be just because like everything in delver flies yep. like all it does is chip in for it, three now it no longer is a stone wall no and it's horrendously outclassed by murktide we're like i mean if i'm attacking you for three every turn and you're attacking me for fucking eight yep who wins that race well the dude with cauldron complete and that's, that's what he's fair. trying to do he's trying to make you're attacking me for eight i'm gonna attack you for ten for ten yes and that makes so, sense. That makes sense. Or I guess eight. But he's going to do it a turn quicker, I guess. <laughs> well, the GTA's big. Yeah. And G don't still don't underestimate yeah. GTA. Well, it, uh, Derek, uh, he plays Death and Taxes. But uh, playing with him, I have learned, just playing against him, because he's good at Death and Taxes. He's been playing a long time. I've learned a lot. And I've learned that I was vastly undervaluing GTA for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, after I hear him talking about it and seeing him play it, like GTA is almost always his first grab over Cauldra, over Batterskull, over any swords. And the times I've played against him, he was right every single time. GTA is just so good. And well, oh, well I was going to just to back you up here. One of the interesting things I like about GTA is GTA, in my opinion, is best when the game is going to go long. Uh huh. And that's what Death and Taxes wants to do. Like yeah. Cauldra is way better if you're trying to race. Yes. When you're sitting there going, I've got five or six turns, we're going to go back and forth trading. Like, GTA just takes over a game against creature-based decks. Yeah, it does. And it's uh, the biggest thing I brought up in the beginning of the match. This Sorry, this deck is how what Stoneforge does is strand expensive artifacts in your yep, hand. And it's perfectly castable. GTA costs two. Yep, and that's and, like one of the biggest reasons he and said. And two to equip. Yeah. It's very castable. It's very equipable. It's... Yeah, I mean, this functionally, this deck only has like one stranded equipment. Yeah, and in a sixty-card deck with a you know ten or twelve cantrips yeah. or whatever, Listen, however you want to calling just... this stone blade is probably a little generous. This is yeah. more like Jeskai mid-range with a Stoneforge Mystic package. But this is Futurama, technically correct, the best kind, the best of, kind correct. of correct. It is technically running Stoneforge yep. package. It is well, Jeskai. To be fair, in your defense, there there are no blades. There's no yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> and dead guy ale doesn't have any beer in it. Yep. So I heard uh, I heard this on um, Eternal Glory podcast. Were you under the assumption that dead guy ale got named after the beer? I honestly make no assumptions at all about legacy decks anymore. So I have story, no idea what it's named. After. These guys. It was Brian was telling the story, but he was. I guess it actually was because those guys they were the dead guy guys. They they there was a band. Isn't the dead guy a band? I think it's a band. These guys that brewed this deck always showed up together, and they always wore their dead guy shirts. Hmm. So, like, the store owner started calling them the dead guys. That's the dead guy team, team dead guy. Yeah. And they brewed dead guy ale because they like beer. Here you go. Legacy names are dumb. Better than Fruit Loops or whatever. Or Cephalid Breakfast. Yeah. So. Sixth place. Yep, sixth place. We've got Yorion, uh... Four or five color control, depending on what you want to define mm-hmm. this. I mean, it's got pyroblasts and omnath, so like technically it is, but I mean, again, this is all where you want to draw yeah. the line. And mostly four color, but yeah. it does. I mean, yeah, it does have two spells that are that fifth color. Yep. Um, or I'm sorry, no, it has. In in that argument, it only has two spells that are black too. Yeah. So, like I said, it's it gets a little wishy washy here. It's, yeah. This is mostly te- Simic. This yeah. is the vast majority of this is a Simic deck. And then it's got white for swords and prismatic ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, you know what? What the hell? Just throw an Omnath because he's great. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> might as well run one life from the loam because it's if, we, if we're going to run Wasteland, yeah. might as well run life from the loam. So uh, we've talked about this is this is meat pie. It's got some cool stuff in it. Uh, we haven't seen, Le- seen Leovold in a while, Emissary of Tress. Yep. Uh, so that's a cool card. Uh, Omnath, Primetime, Grist, Uro. 
endurance. Like the collector oaf is relatively new to be in the main in this, but yeah. it's not it doesn't surprise me. It's a great card. This is basically um Honorog's list. Honor, this, it was I again I heard someone else. I listen to a lot of legacy podcasts, magic podcasts, and they're talking about how there's a direct correlation between how much Honorog streams and how often his lists see play in challenges. Yeah. And he hasn't been streaming as much, so his lists aren't just making it into the thing as the much. The interesting thing here is there's no Cephalid Coliseum. I saw that. Even though you have an emissary of uh Tress, a Leobold. So like, I did see that. You could do that kind of thing he had talked about before and we've mentioned before where you can like keep uh yeah, Cephalid, you can lock them out you can keep using the coliseum make them draw three discard three but they can't draw more than one so you can do that a couple times and just completely just, lock oh, them out of the game. even if you if you secure that once it's probably backbreaking yeah but the point in the game when that is gonna you can accomplish this that's gotta be backbreaking yeah that's hey discard three of your last four cards yeah. draw one discard three do yeah. it again draw none well discard you can three. You could, like do if, it, you could do it on their draw step. Yeah, I'm just saying in theory, yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you're doing it on your turn, they'd like worst case scenario. Yeah, they're gonna get one card out of it. But if you have life from the loam, you can do it twice and just complete. Like at the floor of this, it takes two activations to just screw their shit up. Yeah, if you do it on their draw step or whatever, like if you're doing it, if you're maximizing it, I mean, you can just completely blow yeah. them out. It's definitely best case scenario thinking, but it is. It's one of those like it just, just wins good, the fucking game. That's a good. It's a good little microcosm of our thinking when it comes to magic is my initial thought is when is like when I'm looking at this, I'm going, what's it do when it's at its worst? Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it's at its worst. It takes two activations to like completely nuke them. And you're like, well, when it's at its best. It only takes one. Yeah. Like you, that's just kind of the way we think. Like, like how I'm we like, evaluate I want to know the floor. You want to know the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. But it's interesting well, like, it's not here. Even, like, there's a lot of scenarios where that card isn't even bad. Like, in a world where you've got Cephalid Coliseum and you've got, like, three dead cards in your hand. Yeah, you just, you Faithless Looting, like, effectively. That's what I see it as. Like, its floor is, like, I just cycle out, I just recycle some shitty cards. Yeah. And then at well, its ceiling is your opponent doesn't play the fucking, you can lock your opponent out of the game. And you're fueling the graveyard for Uro, which that's is the primary very, threat, very threat true. in this deck. There's a lot of times where you, you will, you'll dump some valuable cards in your hand just to get an Uro back out, because Uro just takes over and the game. And on top of that, there's a solid chance you pitch Uro. It doesn't matter anyways. Yeah. So, again, cool deck. Happy to see it. It's something other than Blue-Red Delver, so yeah. that's a win That's This deck, I wish it didn't run so many duels. It wasn't so expensive. It'd be this fun looks to play. so much fun to play. Yeah. This is one of those, uh, Julian talked about this with Meat Pie, this deck is going to play every single game a little bit differently. Yep. That'd be a lot of fun. Oddly enough, this build's only $4,000, because it, it probably runs non-blue duels, some of them, so you've got like Tega in there, Savannah, so a yeah, drop in a tundra. Are I'm the... sure it's running uh, Abundant Growth, so it's you, yeah. you're running some of those mana fixers, so you get to be a little lighter, you, I mean you get to uh, commit more to basics. Yep. Together we could build this deck. Yeah, it's true. If one of us wanted to play it, we could absolutely. I have most of it, and I got I got the duels you don't. Yep. Except I don't think either one of us has a Tega. That's okay. Yeah, I'll run a Shockland. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I this would be fun to play. Yeah. If we ever play Legacy again, it's I'm not even making a I'm not even making a huge referential statement on Legacy in general, which I could. Uh, there's just not much Legacy in our area in general. The Midwest, we live in the Midwest, is kind of a desert for high tier competitive play. And on top of that, because the meta is so meh, then yeah, there's not just, helping. Not helping it's not at helping. all. Because, I mean, when I started playing Legacy, Tier 1 had, I mean, it was like once a month we mm -hmm. were doing Legacy. And that's how I, I went to like five in a row. Where yeah. it was just like, hey, I'm doing these. This is awesome. Yep. So, um, where were we? Seventh place. We got Red Prison. Uh-huh. We got 
Bone Crusher Giant, Goblin Rabble Master, Legion War Boss, Simeon Spirit Guide, Hazaret, which we've seen pop up every now and then, and so, then Fury. I think it's kind of, yeah, the way I classify these mono-red decks into mono-red aggro, mono-red prison, there's, 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 there's a couple classifications. What I look for is Chalice of the Void, Trinisphere, Blood Moon. And so you've got 12, ideally like turn one or turn two, lock pieces. And so I kind of categorize, and I'm, 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 I'm bouncing this off of you. I categorize this as basically a mono-red prison deck. Yeah. Is that yeah. how you look at this? I, to me, I don't really draw too much of a distinction. To me, they're almost all, you have some that don't run very many prison pieces, but they don't typically speaking perform very well either. That's very true. So I kind of, I don't want to say I discount them, but I just don't really take them in. If I'm looking at like the same things you are, I go, is it trying to drop a turn one chalice, turn one Trinosphere, turn one Blood Moon, uh-huh. and then kill you to death before you can answer, kill you to death, yep. beat you to death with a goblin and before you can answer it, right? Because mm-hmm, it's, it's mm-hmm, disrupt, mm-hmm. kill you. Yeah. That's fine. That's that's what I call Red Prison. Okay. The It's not like a prison deck in the sense of like what you think of like a stacks deck where it's trying to grind the game out for 10 turns. This doesn't want the game to go to 10 turns because in 10 turns, you answer their one chalice of the void. It wants to go, cool, you have three cantrips in your hand. Those are dead cards. Whack, 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 whack. Dead. (laughs) Yes, that's, yeah. that's, That's the ideal game. I see some of these lists. You're correct. They're worst performing lists. They start trimming back on, they'll cut Trinospheres or they'll cut Chalices. And essentially they go heavier on threats. Yes. Heavier on acceleration mm-hmm. and then heavier on threats. And try and finish the game quickly in that way. Yeah. But yeah, the, I, this the, absolutely, in my opinion, is Red Prison. The better version, I think, is the prison deck that, I mean, 60% of the meta is running blue. You see, that means like, yeah, uh, Force of Wills, which stops it, but is usually somewhat card neutral. And then you got things like Brainstorm, Ponder, that you're just going to be they become dead cards when you land a Trinosphere. Yep. I mean, they, the funny thing is they kind of play like combo decks. They're effectively like, it's hard to really classify them because, I mean, what they're trying to do is win the game on turn one. Yeah. It takes them a couple turns to kill you. They are trying to effectively win the game yeah. on turn one. By, by using two or three cards... They kind of pseudo make you discard four. Yeah. They make a lot of your deck just dead. So if you don't like playing against Red Prison, don't unban Mind Twist. That's fair. <laughs> I don't mind it. I know. I'm just saying yeah. that's if you if you hate that chalice on one and half Man. your hand is dead, just I mean, okay, include your lands in the possibility and that's mind twist. Can you believe we've been doing this long enough we can have callback jokes? Yeah, we've been doing it a year. That's just crazy. Yeah, I know. I can't believe you fuckers listen. I can't. I can't believe you people listen. Thank you. But yeah, these are cool decks. I like these. I wish these were more popular because these are these really prey on the Delver decks. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure why. What's eating them? Like, they should eat up Delver. So what's eating them? I think. Who? This just. I'll answer your second. We got Sneak and Show in ninth. That just popped up. I just didn't even see that. I look. I went Delver and the Sneak and Show. Hey. Um, Prismatic ending was a huge blow. I mean, yeah. there's like, Chalice, like you can look at its prevalence in the meta. Chalice is not that great against. And the well, the problem is, they always they've always had to deal with force of will and whatnot. Yep. But most wow. decks that weren't running force of like you most decks either had force of will or they didn't, which is kind of a tautology. Uh-huh. But like the ones they didn't, the ones that didn't just win the game. Like or if they don't draw it. So they, yeah. they, they they win their game one because you didn't uh, mulligan to force of will when you should have, and then I slam a chalice, and then you lose, right? Yep. Yeah, that, that's how it was. Now it's, okay, uh, prismatic ending. Yeah, you're right. I have, I um, Like turn two, dead. I haven't played Legacy much recently, but I was playing probably a few weeks ago, a month or two ago, and I remember 
like I was playing, they went turn one chalice, and I always play I always play blue white control of some kind, and I had a little heart attack. I was like, oh fuck. How do I beat that? And then my next thought was like, oh, I don't care. Like yeah. I just I'll just I just need to draw to a prismatic ending, and I did like two turns later. Yep. I drew prismatic ending, and I just, it's like okay, nothing happened. Right. So it's like you slowed me down a little bit, yeah. but I'm gonna just yeah, and we're right. even on par on mana. And on top of that, you also had elves get Allosaurus Shepherd. Yeah. So like there's been a couple like just there's just so many ways to answer a chalice now uh-huh. that like you don't get nearly as many of the gotchas. Yeah. Like now, again, it's not I don't even think it's a favorable matchup for elves, but I used to dread red prison. Because uh-huh. it was just like I don't have a way to deal with that yeah, other you're... than sitting around hoping I get a green sun zenith I can cast for reclamation sage and at that point we're talking about turn four and I have a two one yeah like you've already lost the game at that point <coughs> yeah. so even if you even in like best case scenario you could win the next turn by giving them three turns of just playing their threats and yeah. beating you to death they probably have a board state where it doesn't matter what you play unless you glimpse chain and win that turn mm-hmm. you're probably dead the next turn so like so you go into turn four you've been playing your land drops you have you untap with let's just say best case scenario a guy is cradle and a reclamation sage you can still technically glimpse and win but if you don't you're dead yeah like if you don't kill them next turn you're dead even like a progenitus isn't going to be enough because it's going to go around it you're probably at five yeah they've got they've had a rebel master making tokens right so they probably have seven or eight goblins out and you're just dead as soon as they untap so you and elves just doesn't have to worry about i I shouldn't say they don't have to worry about it but they have a very clean answer as well where it's just like cool i mean i've done it where it's just like you play chalice and i i literally just cast the allosaurus shepherd and they're like counter it and i'm like uh apparently you haven't heard the good news of allosaurus shepherd This one drop. Shepard 316. Green smells can't yeah, be countered, counter. and neither can he. Neither can he. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have to play it before your chalice. I Green just have spe- to play it. Green spells shall not be countered, and neither I. Yeah, so saith the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so saith our Lord, Mark Rosewater. Right. So, I oh, mean, man. it's just been a one-two punch of very good, yeah. very good, efficient answers to it. And then 60% of the meta now is running Force of Will. Yeah. So you don't even get your, you know, if the free rolls just aren't there. The anymore. free rolls aren't there. So like it's it's not even not that it's not a good deck. It just doesn't get a bunch of free wins. It has yeah. to play every game now. Yep. So eighth place again. We went a little long there, but eighth place, blue red Dover. Yeah. So same. Raising bar. One, two, three, four. Half of the top eight, blue red Dover. Yep. Thirty-five uh, percent of the top thirty-two. I do want to peek at the sneaking show in ninth because we haven't seen it in forever. Um, and just see if there's anything cool in there. It's They're a, running Archon of Cruelty. Yeah. Joe Dyer, uh, with the the data collection committee basically mm-hmm. put up a they put up their they put up a analysis showing the non mirror win rates of every single challenge match since like the Ragavan ban. And I think uh I think Sneak and Show's win rate was like in the forties. Yeah. Maybe the thirties. Very bad. Yeah. High thirties, low forties. Yeah. yeah. Delver was only at like 50-ish percent, 52%. The win rate wasn't quite bannable, according to his data. Well, again, looking at just the raw numbers doesn't take into the whole no. take into account the whole yeah. story. It's it, 52% win rate against a meta that is completely, completely designed to yes. beat it. And it's also that's also counting all the people, all the scrubs that pick up Blue Red Delver and are terrible at it. Yeah. When a deck is clearly the best in the meta, you have I mean like, I've played it. I picked up played this for funsies and like I'm adding to that negative win rate. Yeah. When I go, you know, 0 and 4 with it. But yeah. 
I, that was, yeah, that's one we haven't seen it. We talked about it like last week why we haven't seen it as much. The aggregate win rate of Sneak and Show is like well below 50, maybe into the high 30s. It's atrocious. Yeah. So, again, we don't have to go into detail. It is really cool that, I mean, just it speaks to the power of Archon of Cruelty. Yeah. That it's now in Sneak and Show as well. That card's amazing. You got three Archons, three Grizzlebrands, three Emrakuls. Like, yep. that's nuts to me. I, if you would have, like, when that card got spoiled, like, it's a very powerful effect. Had you told me in a year, Sneak and Show would be running it? Yeah. Well, it's, over Grizzlebrand and It's fighting Emrakul. for spots in Reanimator and Sneak and Show. Yep. That's insane. The the joke for years has been, well, it's not Grizzlebrand. And Archon is literally fighting for Grizzlebrand slots. Yeah. It's very good. Very, very good. So, yeah. Uh, we'll do the metagame summary. So, like I said, we've got 11 of the top 32 Blue Red Delver. Got other listed with four, so that's probably like the red deck, uh, another red deck, and then there's like a Jeskai deck, and there's probably one in there, another one in there of just uncategorized decks. Um, then we've got green white depths, not Nia depths, <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, actually, it is Nia depths, so they're they're listed in the top 32 as Nia depths, and then on the metagame summary, they're of course Selesna, which to be fair, the metagame summary is correct, it's it is Selesnia, it's Selesnia. Uh, then we got Reanimator with three, Elves with two, Stoneblade with two, Jeskai Control with two, and then a few, <laughs> very few one-ofs, five yeah. one-ofs. Uh, most played cards, Brainstorm, Force of Will, Ponder, Expressive Iteration, Murktide Regent, DRC, Days, Pyroblast. <laughs> Delver. So, Delver, and then Swords to Plowshares, and then a sideboard card with Surgical, Surgical Extraction. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Top creatures. <laughs> 62% Brainstorm, Force Will, Ponder. 62% of decks. Yep. 69% Pyroblast. Like, that's nuts. Uh, top Creatures, Murktide, DRC, Delver Secrets. There's your Delver deck. Yep. Reclaimer, which goes in, like, a couple other decks on top of Elves. Uh, Ledger Shredder, which, again, that's primarily you're talking about your Blue-Red Shredder. On Monday, Nate, we get pre- we get promos every week. Yeah. Nate pulled a Foil Ledger Shredder. Damn. And then traded me a Cryptolithrite and a Heroic Intervention for it. So now I have a Ledger Shredder. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> One of four. There you go. I will not buy those sons of bitches, but I'll trade for them. <laughs> I'll trade you my jank for them. Yep, they're good uh, cards. I traded good cards too. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't mean it as jank as. Yeah, yeah, like but a, I will trade you my. I'll trade you my stuff for that. Yeah, I will definitely trade you cheaper stuff for that. Yep, absolutely. Um, so now they'll tank in price. Now that I own one. Yeah, now well, yeah. Like, I mean, they're going to be in the challenger. Deck, they'll be five so. bucks. And... <laughs> they'll be like, you know what? That challenger deck really needs to be a uh, pioneer phoenix. Yeah. And ledger shredder is pretty expensive, and we really want these things. So we'll to put sell. two in there. Yeah. So, and I'll be like, cool, I'll buy uh, you know what? four of those decks. I'll be happy to, because I'll gladly pick up my next three for I'll five just buy, a piece. I'd buy four of them. I'd be like, okay, I want two of these decks, and that will make me one whole deck. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and then uh, I'm not going to complain about having more Ledger Shredders, because yeah. it's just a good card. It is. Uh, it's one of the ones that was a... I, I call out my wins, and I call out my losses, and I just... That card still isn't worth 20 bucks to me. Eh, it is to everybody else. So yeah, unfortunately. I guess we're just wrong. <laughs> Uh, top spells, Brainstorm, Force of Will, Ponder, Expressive Iteration, Days. Uh, it's Boring. the same thing. It's just Blue Red Delver down the list. Yeah. Well, the good news is, as we went over to Modern, uh, it also didn't look great in the top eight. Uh, okay. It was also pretty... Uh, the the metagame summary was much better for sure, but like it was also a terrible top eight in my opinion. Uh, first place, Balmy brought it home with Mer- uh, Murktide Regent. Kind of becoming the de facto best deck in Modern probably. Definitely the most popular deck in Modern, I think. It's what I would refer to as... The deck to beat. There are two yeah. decks to beat in modern, and it's Murktide Regent and Four Color uh, Control on yeah. Math, whatever you want to call that deck. 
including the the elemental build or yeah, the all the different build, variations that whole mess there for yeah. kyle for yeah. four color pile um those are the two decks to be in modern right now yeah i think yep I they may not be inherently the best decks but they're what you're gonna see the most yes. they're absurdly powerful like they're they're what you'll be fighting against probably the most yeah uh this Merchide Regent deck, we only have three Ragavan. Uh, we're we're cutting down a Ragavan and the Legislator. Three Ragavan, two Legislator, to and three Merktide. Kind of cutting down all of them to run all of them. Usually, you see a little yeah. more compact four ofs, and obviously, we're just kind of chipping away at all that to get a little wider of a gamut of creatures. It's the funny thing is this out of modern. This is one of the relatively inexpensive decks. <laughs> yeah, like barely over a thousand dollars. Barely over. Well, 1, it doesn't. It runs Ragavans, but it doesn't run any Evoke Elementals. Yeah, and that's where a lot of the money right now is in is in Evoke. Although Ragavans are like eighty bucks a piece, yeah. or what seventy, whatever that 75, is. Seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the spells we expect to see, the same spells we see every week, uh, the same gambit of spells we see every single week. Actually, the list is almost identical. This is this is pretty, pretty stock. The creature suite here is getting moved around a little bit. Uh, what with the one Brazen Borrower and the 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 chipping away at. DRCs and yep, I'm just, sorry, still four Ragavan, three DRC, but chipping yeah. away at TRCs, chipping away at Merktides to get the Shredders in. Yep. Uh, second place was a Rakdos mid-range list that I haven't seen before, but I knew was a thing. Uh, there's been rumors going around um, that like uh, Grief Undying is still playable. I I think this is called like Grief Scam. I'm it's sure. uh, it's like Red Black Scam. Red Black Scam. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a thing that exists. But this is uh, a red-black deck that's really just such a good red-black card. So, like, Ragavan, Dothy, and Season Pyromancer. And then your, like, your powerhouse plays come from Grief and Fury. So, full four of Grief and Fury. Pairing those with Malakir Rebirth and Undying Malice. Uh, so, you've got, what, seven Undying spells, essentially? I, mm-hmm. uh, Malakir is basically Undying. But, basically, when it dies, it comes right back. These one-mana spells that you can if you can evoke Grief. It comes in, does a thing. You give it Undying, so it comes right back, does a thing again. So at that point, you are uh, still down on cards because you spent three to take two of theirs, but you have a Grief in play. Yep. So that's pretty good. So that's not terrible. And and also, like, you know, you're going down three for two, but you're two of their best cards. That's pretty strong. Obviously, with Fury. Um, and I, in my opinion, I'd say you're even. Like I, I think count so. a creature on the board as a card. As a, yeah, uh, even that's even, a card. Even if I, I will say a three-two with menace is a, it's not a great card, but it is a card. That's very fair. It's it's a beat. It's a it is a beater. Secrets. Yeah, it's a Delver. Um, a fury. You're obviously much more likely to be going positive on cards there, depending yeah. on how wide the you board state that is. Eight damage out. Yeah, you could easily be get, getting a Planeswalker and two creatures and be even or positive, and uh, then you have a three-three double strike, which is pretty terrifying. Yeah. Uh, you, you got tons of other, like, just black good stuff. Terminate, Culligan's Command, uh, Thought Seizes in the main, and a couple Lightning Bolts. The spell gambit's a little wide, a lot of twos and threes. Whenever I see these, uh, I'm always torn between either a lot of testing went in to make those numbers perfect, or you're just trimming stuff here and there to fit everything in. And I think both are equally plausible, where, like, you can just be working through your deck and you can start... Trimming on Malakir Rebirth and trimming on Lightning Bolts and going up on other things, or or you spent like weeks and weeks and weeks testing and testing and testing and trying to find the right numbers. A little bit of both. The other thing to keep in mind, like when I look at these, I look at so I look at Terminate and Lightning Bolt as the same card with different effects. So I, I like that's removal to me. Similar, but Terminate. Well, like, no, they go to the face. But what I'm talking about is like you've got your your draw spells 
or like your your card advantage suite. So you've got like Coligan's Command, Knight's Whisper, stuff like that. Those are so I have two of those. I look that's the way I look at that. Uh-huh. And then I have five removal spells, yeah. and then I have you know like uh, seven of the reanimate spells. Yep. And I'm trying to get the numbers right. So like you're like, well, I don't want four terminates because it's bad for my curve. So I cut a terminate, like stuff like that, uh-huh. or or if it like matches up worse with threats and stuff like yeah. that that's kind of how i look at those like i look at them in blocks of like what does this do for my deck rather the than the individual card yeah because it just it doesn't it's not quite as effective without cantrips yeah that's true because there's going to be plenty of games where you're like man sure wish that uh third terminate was a third lightning bolt instead because i yeah. just top deck a terminate and i lost the game yeah but like you, or, you a, know. or a third pyro or a, a season pyromancer or a yeah, Kroxa. So and but the flip room. side is also true, where you top deck a lightning bolt and you're staring down a seven seven Murktide, and you're like, sure, wish this was a terminate. Yeah. So something I didn't think of. Obviously, those uh, those seven undying spells work the best with your pitch elementals. They yeah. actually work great with almost all the other creatures. Yeah. Ragavan's kind of whatever, but like Dothy Voidwalker, the ability to like sack it to play the best spell you have exiled with it and then give it undying so it comes right back. Like mm-hmm. basically trade your undying spell for the best thing they have exiled with it. Yep. Um, season pyromancer that's obviously like if that's going to die anyway the ability just to get that right back and yep. dig block two, with it Bink. draw draw two more cards yep. like the croxa not ideal but like croxa give it undying it comes it comes right back does and discard another card yep. like getting to just getting to just basically turn it into turns it into a pseudo thought season into a pseudo thought so season whatever yeah so your 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 seven undying spells are wrath of god Thoughtsies and thoughts and thoughtsies, yeah. basically. Yeah, bad thoughtsies. They get to yeah. pick, but whatever. Yeah. Like, that's 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 strong. Though that's really really strong. There's so much utility in those because those are those cards are just obviously immediately dead once you don't have a creature, and so the answer is just run more creatures, and yep. especially creatures with good ETBs. And the other thing, or activated abilities. You go over to enchantments. You've got Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Mm-hmm. So those that reflection of Kiki Jiki with those ETB 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 ETB. Yeah, like that's nuts. The other cool thing is. If they're gonna kill your fable, the mirror breaker, your your token. If you give it undying, it gets to come back as the enchantment. That's nuts. And so yeah. you get to do all the crap again. And which, then there's just blood move because and, why not? <laughs> of course, why not? And that fable, the mirror breaker, like a good card. The front is very good, and the back is one of those you have. Like, that's a must kill target. So in this deck, it is absolutely being able to throw a undying onto that must kill target and just get all that value again. Of yeah, I'm gonna make another creature. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, Faithless looting again, like I'm gonna play uh, the full six ragavans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really cool. That, that this is a cool list. I was excited to see this. That's it's fun to see kind of newer stuff popping up in the top eight, especially in second place, uh, third place. Speaking of cooler decks, Marchide Regent. Yay! Almost the same deck. This is more you know four uh, four Legislator, four ragavan, one oh. brazen bar, three Marchide. A little different. Uh, no DRCs in this one. Those get sl- those cards go into the spell suite to get some more removal or uh, counter spells. Other than that, not much different. Fourth place, our first of, I think, three Hammer Time decks. Like, three Merchide Regent decks and three Hammer Time decks in the top eight. So not a lot of diversity in there. This is Azorius Hammer Time. So we're picking up the Reality Chip in the main, Spell Pierce in the main. Uh, a little more blue in the sideboard than usual. You're getting uh, Mana Leaks. You don't see Mana Leaks coming as often. But uh, it's a very good, very easy to cast counterspell. Uh, what's the but what's the one that you can cast with um, 
Metalcraft, or you can no, it, it has improvise. You can tap artifacts. Well, everyone listening will know it is. It's it's like it's like three mana, but it's got improvise. But you guys improvise, so you can tap your artifacts to pay for it. So it's yeah. effectively one, and it's also a mana leak, isn't it? It just mana leaks, but I it's think one. So, so I'm kind of surprised to see mana leak in that spot. But I, you know, whatever. Mana leak's incredibly powerful. Very, very rarely do they have the three. Metallic rebuke. Oh yes, it does. Metallic rebuke. So that's a it's an. Yeah, it's mana leak with improvised, but it costs three. But it costs three. So mana leak is better when you don't have artifacts. Worse when you do. It's hard to say. But uh, the other, and we're going to jump down to seventh place because we have seventh and eighth are hammer times, and we'll compare those a little more apples to apples. Seventh place is black white, which it's only black because we have four thought seeds in the side. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's mono white hammer time. Uh, a little more you know, straightforward that hammer awesome time. awesome legacy deck. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah they, they finally ported it over to modern. So you've got uh, two Memnite, four Ornithopter, trimming down on those free creatures, uh, one Paradise Mantle. You've got four Hammer, one Shadow Spear in the main, three Springleaf Drum, a Nettle Cyst, one Sword of Fire and Ice, and your Cauldron Complete. So you've got your Urza Saga package, you've got your Stoneforge package, and two Blacksmith Skills. And then everything else you have to see, I mean, uh, Cigar to Zaid and Pure Steel Paladin to enable. So basically mono white with the thought seeds, which is kind of funny. Um, Emperor was talking in the Discord. We were chatting about it. Like, what's the difference between uh, white, blue, and white, black? And without looking at the list at the time, I was like, well, you know, white, black gives you access to thought seeds, and I would probably prefer thought seeds. I think one of the best cards against Hammer Time right now is Solitude. Uh, he fired back that he thought Chalice was a contender too, and that's a very good point. Yep, a uh, bunch thought- of ones and zeros. Yeah. Thoughtseize hits it in a lot smaller cases, whereas or it has a much smaller window to hit it, whereas Spell Pierce is live more often. But I, I basically fell into like I would only run black for Thoughtseize, and hilariously enough, this person agreed they only ran black for Thoughtseize. Yep. To take those solitudes, like I kind of fear solitude more than anything. While Chalice does keep you from playing the game, solitude lets you waste all your cards. Yeah. They let you commit your strategy, commit your hammer. Once you your... deal with the chalice, you can still just win the game yeah. the next turn. Now, Especially not... if you're sitting there crafting a hand. You're yeah. like, okay, get rid of this, get rid of this. All right, so I have a perfect six yeah. and one removal and spell. I just have to get Bink. rid of that. Drop, drop, and drop. We've got those four prismatic endings in the side. And look at that, ginger brute. Take yeah. 20. <laughs> like, that's why I prioritize the, yeah, you, you get held back by chalice, and you might not play the game at all. Yeah. Whereas against solitude, you play the game, and then you just six for you one still yourself. Lose your, you still lose anyways. Yeah. That's the thing. And and I thought Seize is much better in that scenario. But obviously both are very good. Uh, eighth place, again, Azorius Hammer Time. It uh, looks almost identical. <coughs> like, like like literally might be identical. We did skip fifth place. Yeah, I did. I okay. I, we, I wanted to do the whole Hammer Time yep. together. But uh, almost identical. Like Even like Mana Leaks in the side. So maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe we're moving away from Metallic Rebuke. But... Uh, well, that kind of makes sense to me because most of your most of your artifacts you already tap for mana, anyways. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. And if not, they're creatures. So like, they probably get, we want to get you, them in the red zone. Yeah, you like that's a that's it. It's a there's more to that decision than just than it looks on the surface. That's fair. The way the deck plays, and, and I don't play Hammer Time. Hammer yeah. Time, like while being a very popular deck, is difficult to play perfectly because like in Hammer Time you have those blow up potentials where. Like if you don't play around stuff correctly, you will lose. I guarantee it. Yeah, the blowout is so high. So yeah, I'm I mean not... you're all in on a Mem Knight. Yeah, you're basically playing a bad combo deck or an Ornithopter. Yeah. So I oh, very, very much... good combo deck. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's a fragile, a very fragile yes. combo deck. Yeah. I shouldn't say bad because it's not bad. It's one of the best decks in modern. So, but I will admit I'm definitely not a uh, expert. 
bumped me back up to fifth place. I was just talking to Nate because he loves playing Burn in. He plays Mono Red Burn and Pioneer, and I'm trying to talk him into going to Boros to make it better. Mm-hmm. And like, because he was talking about that, like I could play play Burn in Modern, and I was like, actually, Boros Burn is one of the best decks in Modern. It's very good. Fifth place, we got Boros Burn. Um, and the list hasn't changed in a while. Yeah, it looks the exact same. A four a five hundred dollar list. And a lot of that's in the Eidolons. Eidolons are a hundred bucks a playset. Yep. And then you've got a hundred dollars in Sunbaked Canyon. Like, like and almost almost half of this list is in two cards. And this is one of those things where like it's worse, but mono red burn is still, in my opinion, it's a play. lot of this. It's a lot of this. Yeah. So you, you lose Boros Charm and Lightning Helix, which matter which are very good. But, but if you, yeah, if you're talking about playing on a budget, I would get the Eidolons. And play mono red and just pick up the land base yeah. as you play. Yeah, very playable. And yeah. like Boros Burn is literally one of the best decks in modern. Mono red burn is is still very good. Alternatively, you could still go with Boros and just play with a very weak mana base. Good. But then it's how do you want to lose? Do you want to lose because you have slightly yeah. less powerful cards, or do you want to lose to mana I mean, screw? Realistically, you go to mono red and you play just more of a prowessy build. You pick up some soul scar mages and uh some ragavans, which I don't I guess ragavans are very expensive too, but like you could totally play mono red, have a cleaner mana base, and just be a little more creature oriented and just go to the face that way. But it's a very good deck. Very cool. Sixth place, another Merktide Regent list. Um, almost the same spell suite. Uh, we have one DRC and three Merktide, and then four ofs with uh, Raga, Ragavan and Ledger Shredder. Spell suite, almost the exact same, 24 spells. Looks like the same spells. Uh, almost the same all the way around. So that's our top eight. Metagame summary. Merktide region, 18.5%, 18.75, six of the top 32. Very consistently, Merktide region has been, in what is, in my opinion, a little too high. And I, um, I, I'd like to see something come in and change that. But modern, for the most part, is good. It's just gotten kind of boring and stale. I don't know if it's ban time yet or not. It isn't bad enough that I'm like screaming for a ban, but um, I mean, what it boils down to is like Expressive Iteration probably needs to go. Like, I'm not screaming for a ban, but Expressive Iteration is probably too good. Uh, 15.5%, five decks, Hammer Time, Yogmoth with almost 10%, with three decks, and then Burn, uh, Five Color Creativity, Mono Green Tron, and with Titan with two each. It's not always true, but it's one of the red flags when you see one of the most played cards is the same card across three different formats. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's, there might be something going on here. It's a great, I mean, it's a real big red flag when you see the most played card is also one of the most played cards in Legacy. Like, Legacy is one of, it's the second largest format competitively. It's competing with the most cards in Magic. And when it can hold its own there, it can probably hold its own a little better than expected in the other formats. Yeah. But and, the reverse of the flip side of that is like you also have some cards that are just broken because they're in Legacy. That's like true. Like Dreadhorde Darkness is the one we come up a lot. Like yeah. it's legal in Modern and Pioneer and just sees almost no Relatively play. unplayable. So that, that's very true too. Yeah. So but again, we're talking about red flags, not necessarily smoking guns. Yep. Good point. Good point. Uh, most played cards, Lightning Bolt, Ragavan, Counterspell, Spell Pierce. So there's Merktide. And then uh, fifth is Esper Sentinel. That card's amazing. Yep. And what, I'm glad I didn't buy that at 10 bucks. I'm glad they're 30 bucks now. Uh, top Creatures, Ragavan, Esper Sentinel, Ledger Shredder, Ornithopter, Pierce Paladin. So there's uh, Murktide Regent and Hammer Time, which may make sense. We had three of each in the top eight. And top spells, Lightning Bolt, Counterspell, Spell Pierce, Force of Vigor, and Consider. So we're an hour and 15. I do have a short topic. I'm going to kind of steal it from MTG Goldfish, uh, but I, they talked about it, and it's something kind of interesting to talk about. So, Matt, you heard about Magic 30. Magic's turning 30 this year. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a huge event in Las Vegas, giant event. Have you heard that the tickets have gone on sale? 
I've heard they've gone on sale. I saw some some outrage probably. about yeah. Probably prices. Prices. So this is a large event. Obviously, there's going to be lots of competitive things going. One of the like the highlights of it is like I think a modern 10k or something that feeds into a beta draft, cool. which is really cool. That's awesome. So um, gone are the days when you can just go to a magic event and just hang out and play for free and buy cards. Would you like to guess how much it costs to just get in for a single day? Given the outrage, I'm going to guess like two or three hundred dollars. Not as bad. <laughs> sixty bucks. Your day pass is sixty bucks. Just to just to walk in the building, sixty bucks. Now they said they will have free play areas, but they didn't say how much. They didn't say there is a command zone that you have to pay to get into. Mm-hmm. You have to buy a special ticket to get in there. They will have some free play command areas, but they didn't say how much there will be, how many tables, how fluid it'll be, whatever. Um, so sixty bucks if you just want to get in the building and walk around and play in the free areas. Uh, it does come with some crap. It comes with like a Dominary Collector Booster. It comes with a Mystery Booster. You get like a cool promo card, a couple promo cards. The Collector Booster is probably worth thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. Yeah, they're, they're, they're 30, 35 bucks. No, they're just hawking their crap. Their I know. Stuff. Well, it's like I would much rather just pay thirty bucks and just get in. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, your weekend package is one hundred and sixty dollars. So that's both days. Um, you're gonna get like a play mat. You're gonna get a couple collector boosters, and then the rest of the crap. Um, your VIP. Your pearl package is $350. So now you're getting a couple promos. You're getting a, a, a several several boosters, including three collector boosters, the playmat, uh, some deck boxes, and some sleeves. And uh, you get a exclusive VIP Unfinity draft with Mark Rosewater. Some pins, some other crap. And then you're I'd like... pay $300 to not draft... With Mark Infinity Rosewater. with Mark Rosewater. Yeah, I know. And then your Black <laughs> Lotus, like, whew, like you get invited to like a special VIP lounge and party afterwards, $700. So. I'd pay $700 to hang out with Reed Duke if he was there. Is he going to be there? It doesn't like, say. Let me pick your brain about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, one, um, and they cover this on MTG Golf a little bit, and I had my own thoughts. But I kind of agree. Some of their opinions were like, it's kind of sucks you got to pay 60 bucks just to be there now. Like, if I want to go hang out with some friends and play some Magic or mm-hmm. just buy some cards, it's 60 bucks to get in. And, like, presumably I'm going to buy some crap. Like, I'm going to, like, look at vendors and buy some cards and hang out with some people. And, like, I'm going to be spending some money. 60 bucks just to get in. The other thing that sucks about this is I, I think you can still get single-day packages, but, like, within, like, three hours, two hours... Sold out. Everything else, like, was sold out. Like, yeah. all the upper-tier stuff is sold out. I think everything except for, like, weekend and day packages are sold out. Like, the mod- I think the modern event is sold out. It's all full. Like, everything is, like, immediately sold out. They were, like... It's like, oh, these will be on sale for the next, like, two months. And they were actually on sale for, like, two hours. Yeah. It just sold out immediately. So, that was kind of interesting. It's making some rounds. People were talking about it. And uh, I saw it was interesting that, like, yeah, you have to... Hey, I think sixty bucks is a lot of money to get into an event. Just, just, just to walk in the door. I'm going to take the opposite approach here. Um, so you don't get access to any. You don't get to. You don't. It's a not, con. You're not guaranteed. Not a con, isn't it? Like oh yeah, like, like like a Gen. It's con. like a Gen Con. You got Gen Con's like thirty bucks, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, effectively, so is this because you get that collector booster. I mean, I know, like, uh, yeah, that's. I know it's not quite the same. That is fake value, in my opinion. It's it's value. It's like I don't want that. I know you're making me buy shit. I'm not making you buy anything. I'm offering to sell you well, something. Well, yeah, yeah. You, Even but, that's the way I look but at it. If that. I want to go, I have to buy your crappy collector booster. Yeah, but if you want to go, you're gonna buy a collector booster anyways. Maybe the vast majority of the people there, you're telling me they're not at least in the market for a Dominaria collector booster. Yeah, I probably. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, you buy packs all the time. 
Not anymore. Not anymore. Including collector boosters, but that's a very recent. Oh my god! I was so at uh, Pioneer last night. Drew came in afterwards. Yeah. uh, Holding like uh, they went to Meyer and cashed them out of. They've had uh, double masters. Mm -hmm. I think he said spent like six hundred dollars. Just bought. Hey, it's what he loves to do. But just bought like probably thirty or forty collect or not uh, draft booster uh, draft packs. It was fun. I got to, I loved it. I get to sit and watch him open them all. I get to live vicariously through him. Did he even come close to making his money back? We weren't keeping track on numbers. He had some good pulls, but like he didn't he didn't did, pull a Did he get an Imperial seal? No. Then he didn't make his money back. Like he didn't get any uh he didn't get any big pulls. He 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 didn't get anything probably over fifty, sixty dollars. Brutal. So what Rough. I was gonna say is there, uh you know how we keep talking about you can play Pioneer for about five to six? Five hundred to a thousand dollars for the best decks. For the best decks, the best. You drop six hundred dollars on lottery tickets, and you're like, "Oh, I can't afford this format." And I'm not trying to talk shit about anybody, well, but yeah. like, Drew can. He, he Drew plays. But like, well, I'm not. And I'm going to throw. I'm, I'm going to throw a little bit of shade at uh, the plain soccer's where they've regularly said like, "We can't afford to play modern. We can't afford to play these expensive uh, these expensive formats." And it's like they buy boxes all the time. Now I'm not saying you should if you enjoy buying boxes, buy fucking boxes guys. It's awesome. I love cracking packs, but you can. If you just don't buy a few boxes, then you can totally just buy a cheap modern deck, a good cheap modern yep. deck. Now, uh opening packs is tons of fun. I love doing it and the value you get from that is worth something. But if you ever hear like if you were telling yourself like there's no way I could ever afford to play modern, think about how many packs you purchase and how long it would take to just ditch that money into like specific cards, and you you're probably a little closer than you think to having a thousand dollar modern deck. Yeah. Now the problem with that is that thousand dollar modern deck might rotate when Lord of the Rings comes out. So you know half a dozen in one hand, six in the other. Yeah. But anyway, so you think it's totally you think you're not like sixty bucks to go to a to. So, I mean, it is a it is a thirty year celebration, so it's a big thing in Vegas. Yeah. Everything's more expensive in Vegas. You think sixty bucks is like fine? My opinion on all this stuff is. When someone puts up a price for something, like if someone on TCG was selling a masterpiece mana crypt for $2,000, would you be upset? No. Why? Because I'm not going to buy it. Right. It's too much. And that's, and, so, and that's how I look at all this stuff. You are correct. Immediately what you're saying is that this isn't too much because well, half the shit sold out anyway. To me, correct. So like you look at this and it's like, well, the fact of the matter is either this is worth 60 bucks to you or it isn't. Yep. Now you may not like the deal, and I don't. I don't blame anyone for what they value. Yeah. But I also don't blame anyone for selling stuff at what they value it as. Yeah. It's Wizards' job to a make money and b predict markets. Like, they sold out of all of their expensive stuff. That means in two hours. That means they underpriced this. Yep. That, that's that, true. That black probably, lotus thing should have cost a thousand dollars. They probably could have sold it for a thousand. I mean, in two hours, the stuff is gone. Yeah. Like. It's their job you to maximize ideally, their value. You'd ideally be selling the last one or two like the day before. Right. So like I I mean, I think about I how many people would like spur of the moment be like, fuck it, I'll go this weekend and just cash out on the big right. one. Right. So like when it comes to this kind of stuff, I mean, we're not talking food, we're not talking rent. We are talking about a special event with magic celebrities yep. in Vegas. Like if you can afford the plane ticket to Vegas, you can afford an extra thirty dollars to get in. That's true. Like I, I just I have zero I get, sympathy. I get, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean. So like, uh, don't get me wrong. It'd be cool if it costs less, but yeah. it'd also be cool if packs cost less. <laughs> so it, like I just like the that is so much money to be bringing in. That is such yep. a 
that's sixty bucks is a lot of money to go to an event that to go to an event where you are promised nothing. Yep, you're not even you're not even promised to get space to not even, you're not even guaranteed space to play. Yep, you might show up and they'll have like they might have like fifty tables for the thousands of people that want to play Commander. Right. So I like I said, I just look at it as people. Don't offer... get me wrong. I hope they have a thousand tables for everyone yeah. to play Commander, but like they might not. They don't have to. They yeah. they said openly like we're gonna have some space. Uh, we don't know how much. Figure it out. Yep. So people offer stuff all the time. Um, I I just reject most offers. I just I really I like the idea of the. Let me ask you this: If it was thirty dollars, would you go? Translate it to Indianapolis. Nope. Because that doesn't change. Well, no. I'm saying like if there was a con in Indy, if there was a con, uh, I'm not flying to Vegas anyway. But if there was a con closer. And that it was thirty bucks versus sixty bucks, that would change my mind. Yeah, but that would also change the minds of the people in Vegas because now they're flying to Indy. So like we have to compare apples to apples. So if it was, let's take what everyone's upset about because we're talking about what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. The thing is happening in Vegas, and like I said, if the flight to Vegas isn't that big of a deal, yeah, then it's an extra thirty bucks over what people quote over what it quote should cost, mm-hmm. which should cost literally doesn't even exist. Yeah, that's true. So like I, I get the it's natural just, impulse of everyone everywhere is to minimize their costs, mm-hmm. and no one likes seeing stuff cost more. Yeah. So I just go, well, I don't want to pay sixty bucks to go to that. Yeah, I'm not. So I I know you're not upset. Yeah, I don't. I'm just I don't like this. I wish it. I I don't like that it costs that much to get in. But but yeah, like I'm not mad. At, I, I'm not. I get mad at Watsy a lot. This is not one of the things. Yeah. I'm not actually mad at Watsy. I don't. I wish they didn't do this. I wish. I wish the money. I like it when the money for shit comes from the higher end, from the whales, the people who are like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. You spend three seven hundred dollars to get in the door for some cool shit. Like that's I'm the uh, those hit that cost like a thousand dollars because they're yeah. green and blue and yellow. That's cool. I'm happy that like the hyper premium stuff. Like the whales have a thing to chase because it's fun collecting and uh, I just wish it was. I wish the accessibility was better for the bottom end, but you're right on the accessibility front. We're talking about flying to fucking Vegas and buying a hotel room. The flip side, what I would say to that is every single person there is a whale. Yeah. You're not wrong. The idea that you can fly to Vegas. The bottom end magic players are the ones who scrape together a Pioneer deck. Yeah. I could could afford a flight to Vegas. Don't get me wrong. But like I couldn't tomorrow just go buy a trip to Vegas for fun. So like that's you're already more of a whale than I am, and I fucking play Legacy. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about. If you know five or eight hundred dollars, I mean, what's the hotel room in Vegas cost? Probably like a decent hotel, one hundred fifty bucks a night minimum. Yeah, like m- bare minimum. Yeah, a decent hotel room in Vegas is yeah probably and realistically, one to you're not going to fly out there for one night. No, oh god, no. So you're looking at two. I mean, you're talking about this trip costs a thousand dollars minimum. Realistically, yeah, to you're going to be you're going to be eating expensive food. You're going to be you're probably going to be near the strip. Right. You're gonna be doing. You're gonna be talking doing like Vegas stuff. Yeah, this event is for whales. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. That's this true. is the collector booster box of events. of events. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. So yeah, what I guess, we do at, at Sage's shop is for the the Joe Schmoes, the, the peasants of Magic, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I guess if you frame it in like they built an event for whales, then yeah, whatever. And it then costs, there's the the biggest whales. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's beluga whales. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It costs a hundred bucks to get in, but yeah. it's like we're only bring we only invited rich people anyway. Right. It's like those. It's like those dinners. Those where it's like, yeah, the plate 30, 30 grand. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what you're doing. Yeah. We only invited rich people. That's why we can charge twenty grand for a plate. Hundred percent. And so they only they set up an event that's basically for to say rich is 
probably wrong. I think whales is the perfect word for it. Whales, yeah. There's, there's a whale. Because there's plenty of rich people, or there's plenty of poor people who are whales too. That's true. Like where they just like, I spend every spare dime I have yeah, on magic. That's a good point. That's and a good that's point. What, that's what they do. <clears throat> yeah, you don't have to be a millionaire to be able to afford this. Yeah, to come up with a thousand dollars. If this is your, if this is your vacation of the year. You've yep. been saving. You save every year for a vacation. Yeah, that makes sense. So I thought it was interesting to talk about. It's there's some there was some big numbers here, bigger than I expected. When yeah. I was thinking about prices to get in, these were much bigger than I expected. And I think a lot well, obviously a lot of people felt that way. Yeah. So that was, that'd be fun to talk about. I was uh when I was listening to this and they went through the numbers, I was kind of shocked. Um and that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I like I said, I I I try to have a very analytical approach to yeah. these things. And you're right. You're very right. Um you're very correct that like it doesn't really matter what they charge. Uh, they can charge whatever they want, and this is what they picked. And they're they've built an event that's for people that are willing to spend a bunch of money. So it's a bunch. It's a little bit more than a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So we're an hour and a half in. Um, shorter, but still, <laughs> yeah, I hope, still an hour and a half I long. Hope you podcast. guys, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, as we wrap up, as I get ready to wrap the episode up, Matt, was there anything you want to talk about? No, I think we just about covered it all. Gotcha. So we did a, I did a twenty-minute review of Borderlands. So. More like twenty-five. <laughs> uh, one more shout out to our patrons. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate all the support you guys give us. Uh, I won't do this every episode, but I do want to once in a while be like, "Hey guys, if you can, yeah, like, subscribe, that kind of bullcrap." I'd actually appreciate it more if you told some friends. Like, word of mouth is going to be the biggest way we spread. If you enjoy our content, tell some people about it. Post about it on Reddit. Talk about it on Facebook. Just just mention the name and because like we we need people to type Cantrip Cartel into a search box. Uh, the way I was thinking about it is this is basically a Ponzi scheme, and I need you guys to do your part better. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could set up a bot that just Google's Cantrip Cartel once every sure second, I mean if you just can, let it run for the next five. If weeks? you can build that bot, can't you build one that like makes crappy Apple accounts? No, and just, here's what we do. We take it, so we get into these like bank transactions where they have like a one ten thousandth of a cent, yeah, and then we just round that ten thousandth of a cent off and then put it in a bank account. I just like office space. <laughs> I'm sure it'll work out just yeah. fine. So, and you do guys start doing a little bit more. <laughs> no, I'd appreciate. It. We have we've seen great growth. I'd like to see us grow more. Uh, people seem to enjoy our content, and I I like I like I'd like to see us be able to provide content to more and more people. Uh, but Emperor, Rogue, Derek, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Jameson, thank you guys so much. Uh, Matt, or Matt, Matt, fuck you. Uh, yep. Will and Aramis, thank you guys for bringing us into the podcasting business. Thank you for helping us get started. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Planesockers podcast. Mondays, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. You get some great live content. You can listen to their podcast everywhere ours is available. And you can just Google Planesockers podcast. They nailed it down. They're everywhere discord.plainstalkerspodcast.com great community check it out we'd love to see you there if you do go make sure and tell them we sent you because they they like seeing they like seeing when we bring people into the fold all right matt that's all i got is there anything you want to talk about before we head out nope we're good all righty well then we will see you guys next week yep have a nice night guys i did forget something you suck at your job cantripcartel at gmail.com uh cantripcartel on twitter uh all the stuff i say every week (laughs) now we'll see you guys next week who sucks at whose job that's your job (laughs) (laughs) So I will uh, just play third land pass. I do have uh, blue, blue, white up. Just saying. Just saying. What random uncounterable effect can I name? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was bluffing anyway. Oh, Ursus raid you for three. <laughs> I, 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 was, 
I was bluffing. I ain't got nothing. <laughs> Fair enough. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken match, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ales, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms are so fearsome, so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers cross the sylvan libraries, where the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel.